Welcome to the Situation Report for Monday, September 25th, 2023. This is Lieutenant Colonel Murray. I want to talk through today about the Zelensky visit last week and why I'm not paying attention to it. One, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say in the UN. It doesn't matter what they say in the in, in the chambers of Congress outside of the, the formal chamber. It doesn't matter. That's all noise. His speech was noise. Biden's speech was noise. It's the same talking points that have been around for years. There's nothing new there to see. It's just more saber rattling, more show. It's all a show. Zelensky's not running the show in Ukraine. Obama is, and the Obama camp is. Victoria Newland is running the show there. It doesn't matter what that short little evil Keebler elf has to say. There's nothing that he has to say that anybody's listening to. He's laundering money for the elite and buying buying himself bug out locations across the planet. He has a $12 million home in Florida. This guy showed up on the streets of New York and then they trained him to speak Ukrainian. He doesn't even speak. He doesn't naturally speak Ukrainian and then put him in charge. Come on. He's not running the show. So all that's theater. It's yet another example of how the mainstream media plays on your emotions. They play they play a script. They're co- completely controlled by the intelligence apparatus and the CIA. There's absolutely nothing there that is real. Nothing. From Biden's speech all the way down, there's nothing real. Not even our presence in the region is real. What's real about it is we have boots on the ground and have had boots on the ground since the start of this conflict. And the signal in all of this has nothing to do with his activities at all. The signal is what's happening on the ground in Ukraine, what's the Russian response to it, and what's the rhetoric coming out of Russia. Because that's the tell. The next actions, the Russians today released a video, and maybe it was last week that the video was actually released. Again, I need to caution everybody that when you see a video on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, doesn't matter. You have no idea when that was published, if it's real, if it was if it was doctored in any way, shape, or form, or even if it's AI-driven. With the ability for AI-driven deep fakes, it's incredibly hard to discern whether or not a video is real. So you assume that it's nonsense and work your way backwards to find out what the ground truth really is. And what's why I'm saying that is for two reasons. The first one is that all of this information that's flowing out of Ukraine is coming from a variety of sources. I don't trust the Russians, and I don't trust the Ukrainians, and I definitely don't trust Western media. So you could just assume that somewhere in the middle, there's a sliver of truth that's signal. The rest, abject nonsense. And the the Russians are talking openly now about retaliating against the United States for their activities within Russian borders, meaning the Russians understand that the missile attacks both in Crimea and in, in mainland Russia that took out the 
head of the uh, Black Sea Fleet was conducted by the West, not by Ukrainians, which means they must have viable intelligence that shows them that we are directly involved. So the next question that you have to ask yourself is what is Russia's response going to be and where is it going to be and to what level? Remember, we're talking about measured response versus unmeasured response. And why that signal is that will drive a set of actions from that. And China and Russia both use proxies to conduct all of their direct engagement. So they're going to use proxies to do direct engagement against U.S. troops, probably somewhere within the U.S. sphere of influence. And why that's why that's significant is because it's, well, it's just for the simple reason that now they're openly talking about retaliating against U.S. forces across the planet. Not direct engagement, retaliation. Those are two different conversations. So it doesn't matter what Zelensky has to say. doesn't matter what Zelensky says. doesn't matter what Zelensky does. Everything he does is green screen anyway. He's a complete show. That's all he is. The whole operation over there is all about laundering money and setting conditions so they can continue to harvest children. That's what it's all about. Why else would the Clinton Foundation be deeply involved in reconstruction? Because they want to harvest children. This wasn't just about biolabs. And the other thing that I want people to realize is that and this is for all the new folks. By the way, again, thanks to Matt Bracken for, for the referral. I appreciate it. Kudos and appreciate the help, brother. Um, the thing that I want people to realize is that Epstein Island was not the only island. There's a vast number of islands across the planet and a vast number of oligarchs that harvest children. Trafficking children crimes against children is the number one problem of our generation that we have to solve. And they've tipped the balance so far to the other side that over the next several months, you're going to see that pendulum swing the other way. People are starting to realize that the names and faces that they've accompanied with notoriety and with fame are not, they're not honest. They're not wholesome. It's all a facade. Look at what's happening to Oprah Winfrey right now. Oprah is, she's getting crucified in alternative media because of what she's done in Hawaii. Same with Mark Zuckerberg and the rest of them. I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. These people are addicted to children. I'm not talking about adrenochrome or all that other stuff that people talk about. I'm talking about what I've seen personally. And for those of you who are new to listening to me, I will tell you that I've kicked doors on red rooms. And if you don't know what a red room is, I will tell you what a red room is. It's a place where there's a viewing gallery, much like a live sex show, but in the middle of the room is a chair. And people pay tremendous sums of money to view in person or in the dark web the rape, torture, or dismemberment of a small child. I'm not talking about a teenager. I'm talking about a small child. And they dictate what happens to the kid in the chair. That's not only sadistic and morally wrong, it's just downright evil. 
and you can't unsee when you kick doors into a room full of body parts of kids. You can't unsee that. And these red rooms are all over the world. They're not just here in the U.S. They're all across the planet. This has been the best known secret in the elite circles for generations. And if you think I'm kidding, go back to the 80s. Look up the Boys Town sex scandal. And you will see George Bush Sr.'s name by name having oral sex with two teenage boys in the 80s during the Reagan administration. This has been going on for a very, very long time. When you cut out all the noise, all the BS, and you get down to brass tacks of what Ukraine's really all about, it's a satellite state so they can run dark sites, they can run bio labs, and they can traffic children and traffic drugs. Why do you think the cartels have switched from doing just drug infiltration and drug trafficking to human trafficking and child trafficking? Because it's the number one cash and carry business on the planet. And they by far make more money trafficking humans than they do trafficking children. Do you really want to talk about slavery and reparations right now when slavery is not only active, but it's still bartered in the open market? That's what Ukraine is all about. So everything you see in the UN is a show. It's a, it's a staged event with scripts and places where people stand and places where they move and photo ops the whole nine years. Not one part of that theater is signal. And if you're, again, if you're new to me, you're going to hear me use the term signal versus noise. In the comm world, we talk about signal versus noise. We always want to drown out the noise so we can get to the signal what's coming across the wire. We want to find out what the signal is here. We want to discern through the noise and the disinformation to get to what signal is. Signal is the fact that 3,500 Ukrainians surrendered last Thursday and 2,500 surrendered on Friday. And it's going to be a cascading effect of, of not only manpower surrendering, but entire units surrendering because they're tired of getting slaughtered and not, not having supplies. And eventually, Russia will start to move. And it, once they do move, and the Ukrainian army collapses, you're going to see a land grab. It's amazing to me that Putin has showed such an amazing amount of restraint over the last year and a half while suffering losses. I can tell you I wouldn't have shown that much restraint. I would have bulldozed over them and sent a bunch of people through to get the initial casualties over, and I would have driven them all the way back to Kiev, and I would have hung Zelensky in a public square. I hope he still does get hung because the guy's committed crimes against humanity. He sent 400,000 of his own troops off to slaughter while he sits there in a nice beachside, comfortable home in the U.S. doing green screens. This guy's a fraud, and he's a coward. No matter what they tell you, it's all a lie. Everything that, they, everything that comes out of D.C., the whole budget crisis, the continuing resolution, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense to distract you away from what the bigger issue is. And the bigger issue is they're failing in Ukraine. The, the economies are failing across the planet. 
The dollar's been devalued to the point where it's worthless. Inflation's on the rise because they've killed energy production in the U.S., not to mention they've offshored every single bit of our technology development, as well as technology manufacturing and general manufacturing to China. If they keep you distracted, worried about what Cardi B's doing and what's happening on the floor of the Senate, guess what? Behind the scenes, they're tampering with your food. They're tampering with your water. They're tampering with the medical system. They're tampering with every single aspect and institution in our society. And you're watching it happen real time. But don't worry. Just go back to football because that's all that matters. That's what the whole distraction's about. As I said on the 5th, you build with messaging towards an action that you want people to accept. What are they building to right now? They're building to accept sex with children. Pedophilia is okay. Why do you think they changed it from pedophilia to minor attracted persons? They want to soften the language so that they don't trigger you by saying, I want to have sex with a child. And I'm not talking teenagers here. I'm talking sexualizing infants one-year-olds, two-year-olds. And that's that's just the sexualization. That's not the vaccination. They've infected every institution in our society. And they want to distract you with things that keep you mindlessly occupied, like social media, like video games, like football and pro sports. Look at how many people spend all day Saturday doing nothing other than watching pro sports. They don't do anything else. They don't socialize. They don't make human connections. They sit in front of a TV and watch pro sports, which is all rigged, along with college sports. Every institution is manipulated. Every outcome's manipulated. Every press conference is manipulated. All down the line, everything is orchestrated. Everything you see, everything is a lie. Everything's a lie. And if you start with that premise and you work backwards, I guarantee you, you're going to be shocked at how much is put in front of you that's well-scripted and well-choreographed messaging to get you to accept the things that they want to do to you. Case in point, how many people were getting tattoos of getting a vaccine on social media? Now go ask the question, how many of those people are dead? How many of those people have permanent injuries from the vaccines? That's the power of social media manipulation. That's the power of the machine that we're fighting against. And we're fighting against a machine. We're not fighting against a bunch of people or a satanic cult. We're fighting against a machine that was built during World War II and has been enhanced and been laden with high technology and now AI for the past 30 years. Assume they're 20 years ahead of us. Assume the technology that you're dealing with is so far advanced that we couldn't even touch it in 20 years. And assume that their plans are two years ahead. I don't buy into this, this premise that the enemy's on their heels. There's panic in D.C. I don't buy into that. That's all nonsense. That's just another diversion and disinformation to keep people complacent. It's like the White Hats are, are working in the background to arrest people. Really? Who in the Justice Department is going to run people 
through the entire process of prosecution when the only thing that DOJ and the FBI are focused on right now is prosecuting people that are political opponents. Where in that process are the White Hats going to slip these people through? It's like the notion of military tribunals. It's all nonsense. Until there's a public trial with, with publicly broadcast of military people doing military trials of civilians that were in government places that are being tried for treason, it's all nonsense. And then, which brings me to the other part of the D.C. sideshow that people should stop paying attention to. And that is, last week, I can't remember the senator's name that was arrested, but he was arrested for accepting bribes and he had taken money from, uh, I think it was, Chinese or the Russians, I can't remember. But suffice it to say, he and his wife were both um, arrested for selling secrets. The whole point of that exercise is to say, look, we got the guy that's been doing this. There's nothing to see here. We, we got the guy. There's only one guy doing it. Nobody else in D.C. is doing this. Yeah, Senator Bob Mendez. Menendez. He and his wife indicted for bribery. He's a Democrat. Everybody cheered. Yay. Okay. Well, why haven't the Bidens been prosecuted? Why haven't the Clintons been prosecuted? Why haven't the Obamas been prosecuted? Obama is worth more money right now than he ever was before he even ran for office. How is it that this guy has gone all the way through eight years of a presidency where he's not supposed to make any money, and then four years on the other side of it, this guy's worth $200 million? Where's the money coming from? But this is a game. Look, we got the guy. You don't need, there's nothing to see here. We got the guy. Look over here. That's the whole game. That's been the game since day one. And every time you buy into it, every time you drill down into something like this, guess what? They got you. They've, they've got you in the narrative they want you to be in. Just like they have you in the narrative around climate change and, and the climate accords. They're, they're, the UN is playing the, the, the card of, the climate accords. Guess what? Nobody buys it. The The room was sparsely populated when the, when this whole UN conference took place. Not even a third of the country showed up. The rest are like, eh, we're not on. We're not, we're not buying it. We're not playing. Not even China's playing it. And China's orchestrating a lot of this in the background. But China's not playing right now because they got problems of their own. They've got a full-on civil revolt going on inside their country in every single city because of the massive COVID lockdowns, and they're getting ready to do another round of it. I guarantee you it's going to be civil war in China. The only thing Xi Jinping is doing right now is thinking about how do I invade Taiwan and not lose my position? He's, he's worried about retaining power more than anything else. In the U.S., they're full steam ahead because they don't have anything else. All they have is fear, intimidation, fear, intimidation. That's all they have. Nobody's buying the lockdowns. Several hospitals have locked out. Well, guess what? Last I checked, hospitals run on revenue. And if you mass and in mass stop going to those hospitals and stop using them for services, guess what? They shrivel and die. We have to start being ungovernable. We have to start being massively non-compliant and i mean mass non-compliance no masks 
no lockdowns. And if look, if they wanted to, if they want to do the national lockdown again, guess what we do? Full stop. We don't go to work. We don't buy gas. We don't buy anything. We stay home for a week or two weeks, and you watch what happens to the airlines or especially to the big box stores when all of a sudden their stores are empty and they're not moving revenue. I guarantee you, you're going to see something come out of the other side of that. Look at what happened with ESG. With ESG, it was Morgan Stanley first, Jamie Dimon, who's, by the way, not a good guy. But Jamie Dimon said at the very, very start of the year in January, we're a bank. We're not a social company. We're not a political company. We're a bank. We're going to be a bank. We're not signed up to do ESG. We're not going to do ESG. We're not going to spend any effort on the ESG. And then guess what? Epstein charges came out. Epstein affiliations came out. Look at all these executives that were compromised by Epstein. It's all a show. It was a show to, to coerce them into accepting and making a deal with BlackRock and that group. And what it really is, is it's two groups of people, the haves and the have-nots. Those with a seat at the table with the Eurofags and those with that don't have a seat at the table with the Eurofags. And I don't know if you figured it out, folks, but I'm just going to make a blanket statement here. Most of the Western leaders are homosexuals. Male, woman-hating homosexuals. Every single one of them. Whether they come out openly out of the closet or not, Go look, go look at all the leadership across the planet. Macron, Trudeau, Lindsey Graham, all homosexuals. Obama, homosexual. Mitch, questionable. Kevin McCarthy, questionable. Mike Pence, total homosexual. Still in the closet, playing the playing the Christian card. Homosexual. And from what I've what I've heard, don't know if it's true or not. I've heard the guy likes little kids, but who knows? Who knows what's true there? But I can tell you that when you see it and it looks like a duck, walks like a duck and acts like a duck, guess what? It's a duck. And these people, every single one of them have been compromised in some way, shape or form. It's not who owns them. It's how many people own them. And why all of this is important, why I'm going down all these different, these different lines of operation is so you understand the depth of the problem of disinformation across the planet right now. You can't trust anything from any news source because it's completely owned. And it's like the announcements that were made over the weekend that Murdoch's leaving and other, other major people are leaving uh, CEO positions. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they leave the board, CEO, doesn't matter. When Warren Buffett left and gave his quote unquote fortune to the Gates Foundation, I can tell you what that looks like. Gates talks about giving all of his fortune to the Gates Foundation. What he's really doing is he's moving it to a trust that he controls. He's not really giving up any money. He's moving money around so that it looks like he's doing humanitarian work. But what he's really doing is moving his money under a different control mechanism that he controls and he can leverage to make more money. And to influence more things across the planet. Warren Buffett does the same thing. Murdoch's doing the same thing. And Soros is doing the same thing. 
And it's Soros's son, who's been trained by his evil old man to do more evil things, is in charge of the Soros, the Soros fortune. That money's not going anywhere. They're moving it to trusts and funds, and they're laundering money through other mechanisms. It's what the Rockefellers did all the way back to the early 1900s. It's what the Rothschilds have done and all these famous elite institutional money families around the planet. They've been moving money around into shell companies and into trusts for generations. All of the noise around them, stepping down, not stepping down, it's all noise. It has nothing to do, nothing to do with signal. Signal is what is actually occurring. And the thing that we need patriots to be paying attention to, like I put out several weeks ago, and I still want to know, I want to know, I want video and photographic evidence of FEMA camps around the country. I want to know they exist. I want to know if they're real. I want to know where they are. And if if people are so concerned about it, then show me the proof of where they are. That's the challenge to everybody in this audience. The second challenge is, and most importantly, what's going on in your school board and your local city council? What what laws are they passing? What ordinance are they passing? Because here in Phoenix, the entire legislature has literally given up. They They have done nothing meaningful. And I'm convinced that Katie Hobbs is only here for delay, delay, delay until they can completely take control of the voting system. And there's not one person in the Senate right now or the House here in Arizona that's done anything to fix 2020. Not one. It's all lip service. So the signal is what's actually happening on the ground in your area. It's like the IGAs. Most people don't know what the intergovernmental agreements are between the CDCs and the counties. Most people haven't even paid attention. I guarantee you that if you're in a red state, the CDC has signed an agreement and flooded your community, your county, with with COVID money all the way back to 2019. All of these agreements were signed in 2019 and renewed in 2021. And the agreements here with the county, which, by the way, is completely unconstitutional both in the state and against the federal constitution. Your state constitution has been completely usurped by these intergovernmental agreements. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the CDC went around the country during COVID and signed intergovernmental agreements with almost every county in the country. And they flooded those counties with COVID money. And the whole point of it is, Once the county signs the agreement, the CDC takes over the county control in a time of both environmental and health crisis, which are both very, very loosely defined, meaning they can come in for any reason to your county and completely take control. Take that in for a second. That not only violates the Constitution, but it violates states' rights. And everybody that signed the agreement, let me be very clear, every single county member that signed the agreement with the CDC has committed treason against this country and their state. That's treason. To leverage your position, to outsource control of your county is treason. It's nothing else. It's treason. Call it what it is. And that's the other piece of this. 
call things what they are. But I guarantee you, when you start poking around in your own county and city, you're going to find things that are going to make your skin crawl. Look at what the water control apparatus is in your state. Look at what they're doing with water. Look at how they're allocating water. Look at who gets priority for water rights in the state. I guarantee you, you're going to be shocked when you see it. And then start looking at your bank's terms of service and look at what your bank's doing with your personal information and how much information they give to the IRS. That signal, folks, that's what you should be looking for. You get wrapped up in all these, these big national level stories. Guess what? It's just white noise. The signal is what are they doing in the background? Right now, I can tell you in, in Arizona, the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, and the Governor are institutionalizing cheating so that they can cheat in the next election. And not one Republican in this state has done anything. In fact, the person to blame for all of this is Karen Fan. Karen Fan is the one that signed the unilateral agreement that killed the audit and killed any kind of information discovery or auditing of the 2020 election. That's treason. She committed an act of treason unilaterally without any other consent of the Senate. And under her watch, Arizona was turned blue. That to me is treason. That's the big picture, folks. The reason why I talk about signal versus noise, the reason why I zero in on things that you don't think are important is because the things that you don't think are important are the things that are the most important. It's all in the fine print. It's all in what they're passing. It's all what's in the meeting minutes of your local board of supervisors or city council. These people operate in the, in the, they operate in the shadows, but they disclose everything to the public. They make a written record of everything they do. All you have to do is go look for it. That's the challenge. Now, the other challenge is I want people to go out and figure out what, how many states are compromised by these intergovernmental agreements. I want to know how many states are compromised, what states are compromised, and what counties are compromised. I already know California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, probably, Arizona, New Mexico are all compromised by the CDC. What other states are compromised? It's going to matter here in about a month. And that brings me to my final topic. My final topic is this, this emergency broadcast system broadcast on the 4th. It's just a test. There's not going to be a major event on the 4th. Sky's not going to be falling. Aliens are not going to be landing. It's just a test. And we, we need to focus on the things that matter. The whole reason why we do the videos and telegram, the troops doing videos I've asked him to do, is for the simple reason to get you ready so you're ready for contingencies. The point is to get you to think about signal and start doing things related to signal versus wasting time doing deep research and all the other nonsense that the Q crowd does on just about every single major story that's out there. I don't care what the timestamp is on a Twitter post. I could care less how how many times Trump retweets a video or says says Kofefi or whatever the case may be. I don't care. That's all noise. Signal is what is Trump doing? 
to organize the country? What is Trump doing to mobilize his base to go fix the voting irregularities across the entire country? That's what I care about. That's Signal. The rest of it's all nonsense and noise. I don't get wrapped up in nonsense and noise because nonsense and noise don't do anything to put food on my table. They don't do anything to protect my civil liberties. And if you noticed, I don't post memes. I don't waste any time on that. I waste time on things that matter, doing analysis for people to say, this is BS. This is BS. This is true. This is BS. That's more relevant than anything else that's going on in our community. But again, there's this, this desire, and it's conditioning more than anything else, for people to literally go down the rabbit hole and look at things that don't matter. All of those things that we take for granted every single day are pre-programmed activities in our lives. Like I said on the on the the 5th and again on the 13th. Look at how many times a day that you look at your phone. Why do you think Apple has an app called Screen Time? They're measuring how much time they can captivate you within a small screen and divert your attention away from the bigger picture. That's why I've been focused on saying make human connections, put the phone down, disconnect from technology, and go make human connections. Because if all that technology is turned off tomorrow, you're going to have to do it anyway. But most importantly, humans are visceral we're, we're visceral beings. Our whole world is about what we can see and touch. Go touch things. Go see things. Go talk to people. Make a human connection. You want to break the control grid? That's the first step. You'll be surprised. I told this story about a year ago, and I will, I will, it's worth, it's worth repeating. I was in a store about a year ago in Washington State, and I moved out of Washington State almost three years ago. Now uh, three, three, almost three and a half now. I was so tired of everything being politicized and everything being virtue signaling around everything that I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't even have conversations with my friends because they were all wrapped up in the narrative and none of them could hear any reason. They're all flaming liberals anyway. I was in a store and I was having a conversation with a gal. She's got blue hair. She was, she was quote unquote non-binary and I had a shirt on. I don't remember what it was like Naval postgraduate school or something. And she, she's like, you must be a Trump fan. I go, no, I'm actually not a Trump fan. I don't care who the renter in the white house is. I could care less because it's a four year minimum security prison term. It's not the most coveted job on the planet. It's not the most powerful position on the planet. It is literally a group of people around one guy that's pushed in front of the camera. I said, I'll tell you what, you and I probably don't have political beliefs that are too far off the mark from each other. And I, I think you might be surprised how much we actually have in common. Let me ask you a question. What's your definition of family? And of course she says her definition of family is her, her parents, her siblings, and other people that are close to their family that they consider family. I go, okay, how is that different than my definition of family, which is pretty much exactly the same. Our political beliefs are dictated by other people. 
our belief system is formed by our community and our family. So how is that any different? Whether you believe in reproductive rights or not, doesn't matter. That's your belief system. It doesn't mean I disagree with you. It means I disagree with that fundamental activity, but it doesn't mean I disagree with you. I, I can respect your opinion and disagree with that political view, but it doesn't mean that I disagree with you. Do you see how they, they catch they get you wrapped up in that narrative? The whole the whole premise of what you just said to me is that I'm wrong because I don't believe everything you believe. That's not how this country was formed. It's not what this country is all about. And it's definitely not what the First Amendment was intended to be. But because of that, you and I are enemies. But we have the exact same view of family, probably the exact same view of faith, and the exact same view of what we want our lives to be. And yet you've been convinced by a machine that your whole existence depends on everybody around you agreeing with you. If you take a step back, I guarantee you that you and I don't disagree as much as you think we do. And by the time I walked away from her, her, her world had shifted. And it wasn't because I was arguing with her. It's because I was showing her that we have a lot in common and that we just disagree about certain political things and not everything needs to be political. And it was as calm as this conversation is right now. I, I guarantee you that when you start making human connections, you're going to find people that you disagree with. And there's going to be people that are just untouchable, unreachable. This is part of the game. But the point is you make the attempt because you're building a sphere of influence to give you line of sight across your entire community. How do you think the Arabs do it? The one thing that I really respect about the Arab community as well as the Kurdish community is that they don't rely on technology. They they do everything word of mouth. And you know how the rumor mill works, right? If you watch the movie Johnny Dangerously with uh, Kevin Keating, you're going to see that the whole rumor mill chain is is it's accurately depicted in the movie. And it's actually kind of funny how they do it. But that's really how it works in the Arab and, and Kurdish communities, right? Somebody, somebody pulls something out of their backside and they... They put it in the public space and then it moves like wildfire. Then they, somebody has to undo it on the other end. But the other thing that they do very effectively is that every Arab and Kurdish community, they know exactly who belongs there and who doesn't. And they talk to one another about those people don't belong here. Those people have never been here. And then they keep an eye on them. Kind of like a neighborhood watch. But they do that across as a cultural norm, not as a as a community norm it's cultural and the other thing is they would rather talk to you in person and they have no concept of time in the western world our whole world is about time it's not about the connection their whole world's about the connection they don't care about time we write right to left they write left to right you can't get more polar opposite both culturally as well as mentally than that and it's just the way they approach life but they approach life from the aspect of, I would rather have a social connection with you than a technology connection because the technology is not real. I can see your body language. I can see if you're paying attention. I can see if you respect me, if I'm engaging you personally. That's a much different way of doing business than all of the Western world. We have been conditioned to use technology to communicate 
to use technology. We use technology to argue. How many how many arguments have you had via text? That should tell you everything you need to know about why you need to put technology down. If we do anything as a society, we need to balance what's good in technology, what's bad in technology, and keep our and preserve our culture. That's the most important thing that we can do over the next several years. But our job, again, is resistance and be ungovernable. Today, I'm going to end with, uh, I think I'm going to end with some Steve Miller. I heard Steve Miller band for a while, and uh, he's one of those eclectic guys. He's a prick in real life, but he's he did some good music. I'll play a little "Take the Money and Run." That sounds that sounds good because that really describes what's going on in Washington D.C. right now. So, without further ado, here's Steve Miller. "Take the Money and Run." God bless everyone on Team One Fight. Down south and they're still running